morning we are going to um, go into the word of god but first of all let's just pray um father in the name of jesus we thank you as we are gathered here to study your word and to listen to your word we pray that your word will bring us a blessing as we hear it we pray in the name of jesus for the grace to be obedient to your word in jesus name amen all right so this year has been declared the year of making Christ known. Last year, we focused on knowing Christ. And this year, um, our theme is making Christ known. And so, um, we have to prepare ourselves to go out there to, to share Christ with unbelievers, to share Christ with our family members, to share Christ with our friends. And this morning, I'm just going to touch on some of the things or a few things that will help us to make Christ known in our own community with the people that we are familiar with, the people that we are close with, the people that we come in touch with on a daily basis, the people that we interact with, we will be able to make Christ known to them if we follow these few principles that we are going to learn from the Bible today. And so I believe the theme is coming from, when you look at the banner, the theme is coming from John chapter Four, And I'm going to read John chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 10 as we listen to the word of God. Therefore, when the Lord, John chapter 1 verse 4, I'm sorry, John chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria, which is called Sika, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being worried from his journey, sat, th- sat thus by the well. It was about the seed hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, And who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he will give you living water. Just want to read again from verse 28 to verse 30. It's a long interaction. I don't want us to read everything. Just um, just going to take um, portions of this passage and then we'll discuss. So John chapter 4 verse 28 to 30. That's after the first, after the discussion that I just read. The Bible says, the woman left her water pot, went away into the city and said to the man, come and see a man who told me all things I have did, all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Amen. Now, this passage we just read is the interaction Jesus Christ had with a woman. The Bible tells us that this woman had seven, had, had 
in her lifetime had had seven different men, stayed with seven different men, who were, and the one that he was staying with at that particular time was not even her husband. And so after the interaction, Jesus Christ asked her, go and bring your husband. And she said that I don't have a husband. Even though she was living with a man at that time, she did not have a husband because the man that she was, she was living with was not her husband. I'm preaching on the, on the theme, I am not ashamed of the gospel. So this woman by all standards or by human standards will not be seen as a person who is supposed to talk to Jesus Christ. In that cultural context, a rabbi or a teacher of the gospel is not even supposed to be talking to a woman. But then Jesus Christ approached the woman and spoke to the woman, had an interaction with the woman, and asked the woman to give him water to drink. And through the interaction of Jesus Christ with the woman, I just want us to pick up some points that will help us to make Christ known in our community. Now, the first thing was that in verse in, in the verse 1, it says, Therefore the Lord knew that the Pharisees have heard that Jesus baptized more disciples than John. When Jesus was in um, Judea, he was getting more disciples. He was preaching and people were coming to him and people were getting baptized. And the Bible says the Pharisees knew or heard that Jesus Christ was making more disciples than John. The Pharisees were people who were envious of Jesus Christ. They were people who just desired to have men follow them and to have disciples and to have followers. But they were not really doing the work of God. And so when they heard that Jesus Christ was making more disciples than John, they were envious. Now again, we can see that the ministry of Jesus Christ was flourishing in Judea. He was in what I would say for the context of what we are studying today, in a comfort zone where people were coming to him. People were listening to the message. People were getting saved and getting baptized. But he knew that if he was going to restrict himself to his comfort zone, other people will not hear the gospel. This year, if we'll be able to make Christ known, then we, mu- we must be ready to leave our comfort zone. We must be ready to leave a place where we are more comfortable discussing or talking to people about Christ. It might be that we might, we might have to talk to strangers because in this passage, we saw Jesus Christ approaching a woman who was even a stranger. And yet, because he wanted to get the gospel to the woman, he had that interaction with the woman. The ministry of Jesus Christ was flourishing in Judea. But he had to leave Judea and go into Galilee. And before he went into Galilee, he had to pass. He has. He had to pass through Samaria. And so, for us to make the the gospel known, or to make Jesus Christ known to other people, the first thing is that we have to be willing to leave our comfort zone. For some of us. Our comfort zone might be that we are reserved people or we are introvert. But if we are going to be able to get the gospel across to other people, then we have to leave that comfort zone. We have to find a way to engage our community. We have to find a way to engage people who come, who come across our way or people who 
we encounter as we go about our daily business, if we will be able to make Christ known to our world, then we have to leave that comfort zone. For some of us, we don't, li- we don't like to talk to people. We don't like to talk to strangers. But if we'll be able to get the message across and we'll be able to make Christ known to the world, then we have to be willing to leave that comfort zone. Jesus Christ had a, tri- a thriving ministry in Judea. But because he needed to get the gospel across to other people, he left that place. Even in the case of Jesus Christ, we wouldn't so much describe it as a comfort zone because he had people who were opposing him and enemies who didn't like him at that place. But because he saw that his ministry was flourishing in that place and he was making disciples, which means that those disciples will in turn share the gospel with other people. And so he left that place, that comfort zone, where he was received and welcomed to a place where he would not be even received and welcomed to a place where people were going to be hostile to him. But because he needed to make the gospel known to them, he still went to that place. And so this morning, the first thing I want us to know is that if this year we'll be able to fulfill the mandate of making Christ known, then we have to be willing and we have to be ready to leave our comfort zone. The passage again tells us in verse 4 that he needed to go through Samaria, which means that it was important for Jesus Christ to go through Samaria. He couldn't have avoided Samaria. Even though he was going to Galilee, he had to go through Samaria first. It was a must. And this points us to the fact that in the world that we live in today, there is no way that we can avoid the presence of unbelievers. We live with people, we are going to encounter people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. It is a must for us that in our daily world, in our daily lives, as we go about our normal business, as we go to the supermarket, as we go to... uh, Um, do our grocery shopping or go to the mall and do our shopping we are going to encounter people who who are not saved people who have not accepted jesus christ as their lord and personal savior people to whom we have to make christ known the bible said jesus christ had to go through samaria and for us today it means that we are going to encounter unbelievers we It's a must in our daily life that we cannot avoid unbelievers. When you read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, Paul says that Paul was admonishing the church that they should not keep fellowship with um, an immoral brother. And he was telling them that I'm not saying that don't keep fellowship with a person of the world who is immoral. If we want to detach ourselves from people who are unbelievers, then it means that we cannot live in this world. And so Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, he says, Yet I certainly do not mean with the sexually immoral. Let me read from verse 9 so that we get the background. He said, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Here he's saying, do not keep company with unbelievers in the context of what I'm sharing. But he says, yet I did set Yet, I certainly did not mean with sexually immoral people of this world or with the 
covetous or extortionists or idolaters. Since then, you will need to go outside of this world. So Paul is saying that if we decide that we are not going to keep company with unbelievers, then it means we have to live outside of this world. You will bear with me that in our daily walk, in our daily life, we come in, we come into contact with people who are unbelievers. We come into contact with people who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. We cannot avoid them. And so we have to be, the next thing is that we have to be mindful that in our daily lives, we are going to encounter people who don't know Jesus Christ. We have to be mindful and we have to be conscious of that fact that we are going to encounter people. It's a must that when you wake up every day, you know that you are going to interact with people who are not saved. Once you are conscious of this, you also prepare yourself to be a blessing to them. You prepare yourself to share the gospel with them. Now, when you hear good news, or when you are associated with somebody who is very important, even remotely, no matter how close or how wide the link is, when you meet somebody, you want to make the person aware that you know this particular person who is important. In the same way, when you have good news, you are eager to share the good news with other people. And because we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings, who is the Lord of Law, who I believe is even the most important person that could ever be discussed in this world. If we have a relationship with him, we should be eager to share with other people who don't have a relationship with him. In our daily lives, we must know that we are going to come across people who are, who are, who are in dire need of Christ. People who are going through painful situations. People who need to hear somebody tell them about Jesus Christ. We have to know that if we don't share Jesus Christ and we don't share the love of Jesus Christ with these people, they don't have hope of eternity. They don't even have hope in the current state, in the current life that they live in. And if we love the people that we encounter, if we love the people of this world, then we must be ready to share the gospel with them. We must be ready to share the love of God with them. As we wake up every day, we have to be aware that in our surroundings, we cannot avoid meeting unbelievers. We cannot avoid interacting with unbelievers. And because we cannot avoid interacting with them, let's take advantage of that opportunity to share the love of God with them and to share the word of God with them. Again, it tells us that our lives must even reflect our profession. If we call ourselves Christians who believe in Jesus Christ and we are surrounded by unbelievers and we are going to encounter unbelievers every time, then we must demonstrate that through our lifestyle. And so we, if we are, will be able to make Christ known in our community or in the apartments that we live in, then people must see Christ in us. People must see a change in our lifestyle. The way we approach people and the way we talk to them, they would, they would know that this lady or this man has something special or has, has a change, something special in her life or a change in her life that I desire. And so they will come close to you and they will um, want to know 
what has happened in your life. Again, people will not care how much you know about Jesus Christ until they know how much you care for them. So once you demonstrate the love and care for the unbeliever, for the sinner, then they'll be open to listen to your message. And so let's not be rude towards people who are not saved. Let's not be rude towards unbelievers. They are the ones that we are going to be interacting with. They are amongst the people we are going to be interacting with every time. And so let's, before we even take the message to them, let's share the love of God with them. Let's be nice to the people in our community, the people that we encounter. Sometimes in our workplaces, we have to encounter strangers and people who are even angry and don't are not happy. And they come and probably they are not nice to you. But if you are nice to them and you show them the love of God, you can share the message of God on the message of Christ to them. You can make Christ known to them. So let's be aware of our surroundings that we are going to encounter unbelievers. And so our character must speak to them so that our words that we share with them, it be easy for them to receive and accept Jesus Christ. Now, the next thing is that the woman said that the Samaritans had no dealings with but even before that the bible tells us that jesus christ was weary of his journey so he sat down at the well and it was about the seed hour so jesus christ was tired he had been traveling for some time now the bible tells us that that from from judea to galilee it's it's about three days journey and so they have been they had been on the journey for some time and they were tired and the disciples had gone to get food so jesus christ was probably tired and hungry but he did not focus on his tiredness and his hunger he still drew close to the woman to share the gospel with the woman so it will be able to make christ known we should not be self-centered we should not Think about our good alone. The Bible even admonish us that let's not each one think about his good alone, but let him think about the good of other people. At a point where he was tired and hungry, he still took the pain to share the gospel to this woman. Even though he was tired, he was thirsty, he was hungry, he still ministered to the woman. If we are going to make Christ known in our communities, in our, in, in our um, um, workplaces, amongst our friends and our family members, then we don't have to be self-centered. We don't have to be selfish. We have to be ready to go an extra mile for other people. I read a story about a woman who traveled to a place. She was a stranger in that place and she was going to, she was a missionary in that place. And what she did was to help people in the community, in their apartments. If somebody is trying to carry something to her, um, to the apartment, she will help the person to carry the thing to the apartment without saying anything. When she meets somebody in the elevator, she will just say hi, make a conversation with the person, tell the person something nice. You are looking good. Have a have a good day. Have a blessed day. And through that friendship, the through that kindness of the woman, they became her friends. And because they became her friends, she was able to share the gospel with them. She started by helping them with their own issues, with their own problems. She just started helping them. 
and then they became friends and then she was able to share the gospel with them and so if we will be able to touch our communities with the word of god if we'll be able to make christ known in our communities we don't have to be self-centered even though jesus christ was tired he was hungry he was thirsty he still shared the gospel with this woman we don't have to we have to be willing to go an extra mile for other people if we'll be able to reach them with the gospel people will be willing to listen to you if they see your kindness towards them we don't have to be rude towards people who don't have the gospel if we are rude towards them and we want to share the gospel to them they are not going to accept the gospel because your character first ministers to them before even your words does and so we have to be willing to go the extra mile for other people again we see that this woman did not have so nice of a background and jesus christ was aware of the woman's background that the woman had had seven different men had, had lived with seven different men and yet the eighth person that she was living with was not even her husband yet jesus christ did not judge the woman or did not condemn the woman we have to understand that no sinner is too bad to be saved. There is no one who has gotten to a worse stage that cannot be saved. The gospel is able to refine even the worst criminal, even the worst sinner. The gospel is able to refine that person. That person also deserves the invitation of Christ. So let's not focus on people who we think are good and leave people who are we think are worse sinners. Paul calls himself the chief sinner, but yet even with him, the gospel, he was able to accept the gospel and become a minister of the gospel. So if we are going to make Christ known, let's not be selective, but let's make Christ known to everyone because everyone deserves to hear the gospel there is no one who is too bad there is no one who is who has got got into a stage where he cannot be refined or reformed by the gospel everyone deserves to hear the gospel and so irrespective of what this woman had done in the past what jesus christ was aware of through word of knowledge Jesus Christ still sat by the woman and shared the gospel with the woman. So no sinner is too bad to be saved. As we go out there to make Christ known, let's know that everyone deserves to hear the gospel. And as much as it lies with us, let's be kind to everyone. Let's share the gospel with everyone. Let's not prevent other people from hearing the gospel. Let's give people the opportunity to hear the gospel and give them the opportunity to decide whether to accept it or not. But let's not be the judge and jury for ourselves and decide that this person cannot accept the gospel. And so I'm not going to share the gospel with that person. Let's share the gospel with everyone. Amen. When Jesus, therefore Jesus Christ asked, drew close to the woman, sat by the well, asked the woman for water. Because the disciples had gone away. Verse 9 says, The woman says, How is it that you being a Jew, ask a drink from 
me, a Samaritan woman. The reason why this woman said this was because she, she went on further and said the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. It means that at that time, the Jews and the Samaritans were not in a cordial relationship. There was hostility among the Jews and the Samaritans because the Jews despised the Samaritans. They see them as not being proper Jew, um, Jewish people. And so they were, they were not so nice to the Samaritans. And so the woman was surprised that why are you a, Jew, a Jewish man? Why are you asking for water from me? Jesus Christ, in the normal context or in the normal um, cultural context at that time, a Jewish man was not supposed to talk to even a Samaritan man or a Samaritan woman. So Jesus Christ in, in that cultural context was not expected to talk to that woman. But because he wanted to get the gospel across to the woman, he still strike the conversation with the woman. There are people that in our daily in in our normal lives we wouldn't have had any conversation with we wouldn't have had any relationship or friendship with but because of the gospel it is important that we come out of our way to make um to make a conversation or to make a friendship or to make contact with such people because we want to show them the love of god because we want to get the gospel across to them there are people who Ideally, they are strangers that you would not even talk to. But because you want to get the gospel to them, you have to talk to them. You have to be kind to them so that you can share the gospel with them. This means that we don't only share the gospel with people that we know or people that we are familiar with, but we also have to share the gospel with strangers, people who we wouldn't have spoken to. I have walked to them more a number of times. And spoken to people who, under normal, um, under normal instances, I wouldn't have spoken to them. Everybody was just going to focus on their shopping and just leave them more. But because I wanted to get the gospel across to them, I approached them, spoke to them, had a conversation with them, so that I could share the gospel with them. And so we have to be ready that in the year of making Christ known, we will go out of our way. And make contact with people who under normal circumstances we wouldn't have made contact with. But for the sake of the gospel, we have to make contact with those people so that we can touch their lives. So that we can share with them the most important thing on earth, which is salvation. Amen. <clears throat> and when the woman... After the woman had had the encounter with Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ told her things about her life. Verse 28 that I read, the woman went out of her way. This woman who had, who had encountered Jesus Christ went out of her way to tell the people in her village. So when you read from verse 28, the Bible says the woman then left her water pot, went away into the city and said to the man, Come and see a man who has told me all things that I ever did. This woman who first of all even seems as if she was not qualified to accept the gospel. She accepted the gospel first. 
turned around and started telling other people to come and listen to the gospel. This woman who had such not so nice a past, still now she became the greatest evangelist to her city and was preaching to the men of the city to come and listen to Jesus Christ. This tells us that all of us, irrespective of our background, irrespective of our experiences, irrespective of our past, irrespective of the things we have done and things we have not done, irrespective of the label that men have given us, we qualify to share the gospel with other people. This woman probably did not have a good reputation in her community. But she went back into that community after she encountered Jesus Christ to share the gospel with the people in the community. Even though the people in that community knew that this woman, this woman had lived with seven men and was living with the eighth man who was even somebody's husband, yet she qualified enough after she encountered Jesus Christ. Her life was transformed through that encounter and she went back to that same city and shared the gospel Interestingly, the Bible says with the men of the city. It's obvious the woman was more familiar with men. And so she went back to the men and shared the gospel with the men of that city. The woman who didn't have so great a reputation now became an evangelist in that city. Call all the men to come and encounter Jesus Christ. So don't let the devil deceive you that you do not qualify to speak the gospel. This woman had just one encounter with Jesus Christ and that very first encounter, that first, first day she came to church, the next day she went to tell other people about Jesus Christ, which means that it does not take you to be an expert in sharing the gospel before you can invite other people to Christ. You don't have to know the Bible from the cover to cover before you can invite other people. All she did was come and see a man who has told me everything about my life and the man came to jesus christ and so we must understand that all of us qualify to share the gospel don't let anything make you feel that you don't qualify to make christ known you must understand that you also qualify to share the gospel with other people you qualify to tell people about jesus christ the next thing is that and when she went out there and she told the people about Jesus Christ, the Bible says that all the men of the city came out to listen to Jesus Christ. You must know that your testimony is powerful. Whatever you have to say, your gospel, the gospel that you have to share with other people, you must know that it is powerful enough to draw them to Jesus Christ. Usually the deception is that when people have a desire to go and share the gospel, they begin to think to themselves, what do, I, what do I even say? What can I tell people that will bring them? What do I have to say? What quotation do I have to use? The woman went out there not thinking about all these things. She was overwhelmed by the encounter that she had with Jesus Christ. She was overwhelmed by the good news that is in Christ, that she went out there to tell the other people. She said, come and see a man who has told me everything about my life. Could this man be Christ? She wasn't even so sure if this man is Christ. She said, can this man be the Christ? And the people came. 
they just came. The woman wasn't even sure, but they came. And the Bible says, after they came, Christ ministered to them. And when Christ ministered to them, they said, Ah, we now believe not because of what you told us, but we have had him for ourselves. So sometimes it's very simple to invite people to church. Tell them to just come in and see. They don't have to come and commit to the church. They don't have to come and commit to Christ. But they just come and listen. Allow them to have a personal relationship. Allow them to have a personal exposure and get to the point where they take a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ. All the woman did was to tell the man that come and see a man who has told me everything about my life. Could this man be Christ? And when the man came and they had a message for themselves, they said, ah, we now believe not because of what you told us, but we have had him for ourselves. Sometimes we are the ones who are depriving people from hearing the gospel because we are the ones who are not inviting them to come and listen. Sometimes we think that when we invite them, they are going to reject it. But you, your, our role is that we invite people and allow them to make a personal decision. We are not going to force them to decide. We are not going to make those decisions for them. But our responsibility is to invite them in some instances. Just invite them and allow them to take the decision by themselves. Amen. Now, we are going when we read Romans chapter 1 from verse 14 to verse 17. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he said, I am a debtor. I am a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarian, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul said that as much as it depends on him, he was ready to share the gospel with the Greeks, the Greeks were seen as the civilized people. The Greeks were seen as the educated people. The Greeks were seen as the cultured people. And so he said, as much as it lies in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are seen as civilized, who are seen as cultured, who are seen as educated. And I'm ready to preach the message to the barbarians as well. The barbarians were seen as uncultured. The barbarians were seen as uncivilized. Those days when somebody says you are acting as a barbarian, it was even seen as an insult. They were uncivilized, uncultured. They were seen as uncivilized, uncultured, and un uneducated. So Paul said, as much as it lies in me, I am ready to share the gospel with you people who are educated and you people who are not on educated you are we should be ready to speak the gospel to the people who are seen as rich or occupying a high status in the city or in the community and the people who are seen as poor or occupying a low status 
in the city or in the community that we live in, we must be willing and ready to preach the high in power and the people who are the commit or the world sees as nobodies. We must be able and ready to preach the gospel to them. Paul says that I'm ready to preach the gospel both to the wise and to the unwise. The Greeks prided themselves in wisdom. They saw themselves as people who were wise. Paul says, I am ready to preach the gospel to all of you. If we'll be able to make Christ known in this, if we'll be able to make Christ known this year, then we have to be ready to preach the gospel to everyone, irrespective of their background, irrespective of their status, irrespective of their level of education, irrespective of their level of income, irrespective of where they live. We have to be ready. Like Paul, he said, I am a debtor to the Greek and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as it is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. He said, I am ready. To preach the gospel to everyone. If we able to make Christ known this year, we have to be ready to preach the gospel to everyone. We must not discriminate with the gospel. We have to reach out to the poor, to the homeless, to the people who live in beautiful neighborhoods, the people who live in neighborhoods which are not so beautiful. We have to be ready to reach out to all these people with the gospel. And Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Paul says, I am not ashamed to tell you about Jesus Christ. We live in a society right now that when you identify with Christ, now people begin to have a certain mindset about you. So a lot of people are ashamed to even confess Christianity or to identify themselves as Christians. And it was the same in Paul's time because Paul was a man who people knew his background. When he came to the Jewish community, they knew him as somebody who was fighting the church and destroying and killing people but paul says that i'm still not ashamed i'm not ashamed at my past i'm not ashamed at what people think about me the greeks also thought that the gospel was too weak and paul himself at some places they said that he wasn't able to talk well but he still said i am not ashamed i am ready to preach the gospel i am not ashamed to identify myself as a christian i am not ashamed to share the gospel. This year, if we'll be able to make Christ known, we don't have to be ashamed to share the gospel with other people. He says, for in it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. It means that for people to be delivered from sin, from people to be delivered from addiction, from people to be delivered from their evil ways, which will lead them to hell, it will take the power in the gospel. And that power can only be made available to them when somebody shares it with them. And Paul is saying that the power for people to be delivered from all these things, from the sins of this world and from the penalty of sin, is in the gospel. And that is why he has taken the decision that he's ready to share the gospel with them. People cannot, be deliv people cannot deliver themselves from their evil ways. The evil ways that destroys them, they cannot deliver themselves. It will take the power in the gospel. Even though the gospel comes in simplicity, it carries a lot of power. The gospel just is um, comes in the simplicity of words that we are sharing. But these words come with power 
because it has the backing of God to deliver people. The power of God is behind the word that we are sharing. And so when we share this word with people and we invite them, the word has the power to deliver them from every crisis, from every problems and situations and sin that has held them down and that has held them under bondage. The gospel is the power of God. It is the only power, the only medium, the only tool God uses to deliver people from sin and brings them into salvation. That is the only way somebody can be delivered from the penalty of sin. is through the gospel. If people never hear the gospel, they cannot be saved. They cannot be delivered from the power of sin. It will take somebody who is sharing the gospel with them. And I pray that this year will be that somebody who will share the gospel with other people and will deliver them from the power of sin. And he says finally that in it, that is in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So in the gospel, we understand the righteousness of God. We understand that we can live right for God and we can be in right standing with God. And this revelation, this understanding will only come when we hear the gospel. People would not know that they can be in right standing with God if we don't tell them that God loves them irrespective of where they have been or what they have done. And therefore, they should give it a chance and try God and invite him into their life. And he finally answered saying that the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, which means that the beginning of our journey as Christians is faith. And the end, we have to press on in the journey through faith. And it's in the end of the journey, it's going to be faith as well. And so this morning, I want to encourage every one of us that we don't have to be ashamed of the gospel. No matter where we find ourselves, if we'll be able to proclaim Christ in our communities, then we have to decide and say with Paul, that I am not ashamed of the gospel. If we are ashamed of the gospel, there is no way we can share the gospel with other people. And so I want to encourage us that we don't have to be ashamed. We need to tell people about Jesus Christ. And we need to make Christ known to them. And God bless us. Help us and give us the grace to be able to reach out to our wealth. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.